right, hello everyone. Welcome back to the St. Anthony Youth Ministry Corecast, a conversation designed to help core members become better disciples and better missionaries. And we want to remind you, core members, through your belonging to the church and your belief in Jesus, you can be a life-changing blessing to our youth. Uh, welcome back uh, again with you. I just, uh, by default, it seems, I'm just on all of these podcasts because I'm the one that sets up the audio. Uh, but it's okay. I'm not salty about it. No. Um, it, was, it, was, it was Paige and I, and, and Adam kicked Paige out of the room. That's true. We yeah. threw her out yeah. um, where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth. Uh, but for those keeping score at home, uh, I'm Adam Smythe. I'm the Life Team Coordinator here at St. Anthony's. And today I'm joined by first time in season two... That's true. This is I'm Mark Valone, and I'm the coordinator of Edge and Anchor here at St. Anthony's. Woo! All Although right. if you call my voicemail, I'm still the uh, young adult coordinator. That's true. That's true. Here. I uh, don't want to change my voicemail because I nailed it the first time, and uh, I'll just I'll just keep it that way forever. That's all you need. Mark's doing three jobs when everyone else here is doing none. And he's doing one of them so well that no one ever has to ask about it. Um, no, no, it's good. So, Mark. We have to have some banter. I feel like some people like podcasts and some people don't like podcast banter. That's true. I am a banter lover, so I want to have some banter. Um, My wife hates the banter. She does? She hates it. She's I could like, see get that. to the point, get uh, to the point. Veronica's kind of a no-nonsense. No, I love it. I do yeah. too. I love the banter. But anyway, um, Mark was a little bit self-conscious because his voice is still coming back. But Mark, why did you lose your voice? This previous weekend, we had our uh, our Edge retreat over the weekend. And for whatever reason, uh, not for whatever reason, for a very particular reason. <laughs> yes, uh, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I lost my voice this past weekend. Um, and guys, he I lost get- it super hard. Like I haven't seen that happen on a retreat. It was He was like gone. On there was a night. there was a campfire on Saturday night, and um, at a certain point, I was walking around with a microphone or a megaphone, and like whispering into the microphone or megaphone because I was I could not speak, and everyone was so surprised. They're like, "Wow, your voice really is gone!" Like I was faking it. I, I kept saying like, <laughs> "Oh, my voice is gone." People were like, "Uh huh, sure, give us some proof." No, it really was. It was great. But yeah, so shout out to all of the Edgecore members. Hopefully, you listen to this, but. Uh, who were there with us this weekend. But the crazy thing is, Mark, we just got, and you above us, because you actually helped at another parish with mm-hmm. their confirmation retreat. But we literally just finished, <laughs> finished. We got through the thick of the busy season here because between households and confirmation and edge, we just did three retreats three in retreats six weeks. In six weeks, yeah. And you did another one just for good measure. So four retreats in six weeks, yeah. Yeah, it's been crazy. So um, part of that is is just the time of year and the way that things fall and this is time where it works but yeah. um, you get you get strong opinions about camp food over these uh over these four retreats you really do you get you get very strong opinionated about what who has good camp food and who has uh not so great camp food yeah i think choya is in the lead for me right now that's true those chicken fingers man and that jalapeno ranch the jalapeno is delicious oh, yeah. that was delicious yeah but although it's uh, never enough never enough chicken fingers no yeah. no but family style makes it better. Um, so anyway, retreats are done. We're, we're slowly getting ourselves back into things just in time for all of our programs to continue running. And then also we're about to hit Lent and, you know, confirmation is, is right around the corner. Actually, we are officially less than two months away. So the crazy confirmation. time. Yeah, the yeah. crazy. It's going to be two months from yesterday. So it's it's a busy time. We know that there's a lot going on, but... Uh, we want to just continue moving forward with the core cast, moving forward with this season. So we're bringing it to you today, uh, just continuing this conversation about evangelization. 
for those uh, who, who weren't here last week or who haven't listened last week, as we did kind of our first full episode, we just broke open the gospel. We broke open the gospel message. Uh, we talked about how being an evangelist really is to be a herald of the good news, and we have to know what the good news is. And so we talked about that fancy word, kerygma, kind of these basic points of the gospel message. So today what we want to do is build on top of that and, and, and continue moving forward, but really to begin to move toward some of those practicals of evangelization and how we can actually do the work of evangelization or be evangelists. Uh, so today we are going to be talking about building a personal witness. And for those who are on the Life Team Core, like I already said this on the podcast, back at our training, I walked through in a very quick way kind of this, this structure and some tips on building a three-minute witness and talking a little bit about why building a witness can be an important thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad, Mark, you're here because you worked with NET, the National Evangelization Team. So yep. you are an evangelization pro as that's, a result. I'm, uh, I am. Uh, yep. I have a doctorate in everything. No, that's not true. That's a doctorate in evangel- <laughs> doctor of evangelization. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So um, when I was 19 years old, I took a year off of college and I, uh, I, I, I traveled the country with NET um, National Evangelization Team. And uh, we did 170 retreats in like 200 and something days, uh, <laughs> which is why you could do four in six weeks. Yeah, with no problem. Yeah. Well, the, the crazy thing is, is like God's grace is like present in the situations that you need it. Um, I was feeling great uh, on Sunday night from the retreat, and the whole time I was like, "Man, Monday morning's gonna roll around, and I'm gonna feel like trash." And that—that's exactly what happened. I was very, <laughs> I was very prophetic. But uh, while you're um, on net, the three-minute testimony um, was an incredibly important uh, aspect of the ministry that we did. Um, every retreat, every um, whether it was four minute or <laughs> whether it was four hours or a weekend retreat, um, there was a couple of testimonies throughout. Uh, that retreat, um, whether it be one, two, or three of these three-minute testimonies sprinkled in because the importance of witness and the importance of conversion was a constant um, focus as, as, as we went through these retreats because that's the goal of these retreats and that's the goal of youth ministry is trying to find these points of conversion um, because that is what the Catholic faith is. It is, it is a continual conversion. Um, yeah. It's about finding, um, you know, finding our way with the Lord. And I remember I, it was really important for Nat to have that down to three minutes, like they would time you. And, oh, yeah. uh, um, and, 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 and Adam and I are not going to time any of our core members in their three-minute testimony, but it helps to, not yet. Um, it, it helps <laughs> to uh, get rid of all the unnecessary information and really boil your story down to the important facts um, and helps you to deliver that as quickly, not as quickly, but as um, yeah, essentially as possible. If inefficiently, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I like what you said there, you know, your story. And, uh, you know, we started last week talking about the gospel, which really is our story of salvation or God's story of salvation for, for all of us. And so this week we're going to kind of pivot from God's story and start talking about our story. And, and really when we talk about a, a witness and, you know, it, we'll, we'll kind of explain the, the three minute or the three part witness as we finish or as we go through this today. But even before we get to structure or what's happening, what we have to understand is that evangelization, though we need to know what the gospel is and though we want to proclaim the good news, 
it's not just God's story that we're proclaiming because we are part of that story. Mm-hmm. And, and we can share our own story just as much as we can share the overall story of, of salvation and, and of scripture and of the, the early church. And, and it's important to know what that is. It's important for us to be able um, to, to do some of that catechetical work where we can teach and, and help break open what God has done throughout time. But really, when it comes to being an evangelist, I think the power of the witness comes from the relationship. And, and we talked about this last week, and I think we, we mentioned it very briefly on our, our reboot in week one. The role of relationship is huge, and it is absolutely essential when it comes to the work of evangelization. And what better way really the only way within the context of a relationship to share your or to share uh, the story of how God has worked in your life is the, the only way you can do that is through the story of your own life. Um, and, I, and I know Paige brought this up again week one, but first Peter um, 3:15 our, Peter, our first Pope, makes uh, just a beautiful statement where he says or he calls us to always be ready to give an explanation for the reason for our hope to anyone who, you know, who asks why we have a reason for our hope. And so he doesn't say always be ready to tell them, you know, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It's not always be ready to tell them exactly what Jesus said in chapter 19 of the Gospel of Matthew or always be ready to list the Ten Commandments, but it's be ready to share your story, the reason that we have hope, and that reason ultimately is Jesus Christ. But evangelization takes on, uh, takes the Gospel and puts it into a context, and it's really the context of our lives or my life. And so when we, when we think about a witness, the reason that it's so important and that it's so powerful is because we are unearthing or uncovering the gospel in our own lives. And that is the most relatable way that we can help another person see the gospel in their own life. And, and ultimately that's, that's the goal of what we're trying to do as evangelists is to help them see where the gospel is and why it's important for their life. Absolutely, um, and and, and uh, we were talking about the the three steps of that um, testimony, that three step, that three steps of witness within that three minutes, and so we kind of wanted to go over those three steps for you so that they can be practical things that you can kind of remember. Um, and the idea is to kind of keep within that that those minutes, you know, three steps, three minutes, uh, one minute for each of these particular uh, subjects and topics. Uh, because, and and we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later that it's important that we don't overly focus on one of those areas because when we mm-hmm. do, we are not giving either we're not giving enough glory to God or we're not we're we're focusing too much on our sin and our past or we are. Um, focusing too much on we, how how we are now, and not so much on on where we've where yeah. we've been. And so the first step, uh, Adam, if you want to introduce that to us, uh, the first step of or the first stage of that testimony is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in this three minute witness, in a three minute, you know, uh, or a three step process, the very first thing we want to talk about is what our life was like before. Uh, whether it's a moment of conversion or simply a moment of encounter with the Lord. So it's going to be a chance for us to kind of explain a lot of people as they're sharing kind of their, their first witness. It's the more of the overarching, you know, mm-hmm. my entire life. It's led to this point because I encountered God at some point. So they'll usually begin with, oh, I was raised as a Catholic or I'm a cradle Catholic. Cradle Catholic. You can, you can yeah. go all the way back to the beginning or you can just describe what your life was like in, in a particular context or in a particular way because the encounter that you had may be related to something specific and um, we'll kind of help tie all these together. But really the first part of this witness is to talk about our life before the moment of encounter 
or or conversion. And that and that moment that 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 pre-conversion part of your testimony doesn't actually have to be the worst situation that you've been in, but maybe the moment before that big conversion. I was talking to Adam beforehand and the testimony that I gave on net was when I was 19 years old. I'm 32 now and I've I've journeyed further in life. Now, I have not given up my faith at any point throughout this, this, you know, my, my journey as a Catholic since being, con- you know, uh, receiving the sacrament of confirmation, I've had my ups and my downs. And so when we look at that, we look at, you know, moments when we may have been in a lower state in, in, in a state of, I would say state of sin, but sometimes, you know, we might not be in a, in a place like that, but, yeah, I mean, but it could just be waywardness, it waywardness, could just be exactly. A, Sorrow, you know, suffering. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, there, there are kind of two different ways of approaching the testimony. You could do the broad general testimony, or you could do a more recent, uh, you know, uh, moment of conversion for yourself, because that's as a Catholic faith, we do not we do not agree with the idea that we are born again, that there is one moment of conversion, and we are continually saved from that point on. That but we are that is a continual choice every day to be a Catholic. That yes, at baptism we receive that indelible mark that's never to be removed, but it is a continual yes to our Lord every day to be Catholic, to choose to follow in his in his footsteps. That it is not, um, it's not assumed that we will have salvation. That we have to rely on that mercy time and time again. And so that pre-conversion, what you want to do is, and the the, I mean, this it always comes up in my prayers. But Second Corinthians twelve nine, which was the theme verse for our previous weekend retreat with the Edge Teens, is uh, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Mm. And Paul goes on to say, I will more bl- gladly boast of my weaknesses. And what he's saying here is that we shouldn't be afraid to be humbled before those that we're proclaiming. Now, there is a specific thing that we need to avoid, and that's glorifying sin. Um, yes. As a youth oh, minister, yeah. um, you know, we train core members to give testimonies, but we also train teenagers to give testimonies. And it is oh, they're super... They're the worst at this. Yeah, it's the worst super at this. easy for them to glorify sin. You'd be like, oh, I used to party and drink, and it was awesome, but like, yeah. I knew it was wrong. Right. Like, I had such a fun time. This, but, like, one, this one night, I was I was just so messed up. and I've, We've heard it all before folks it's, we've heard it all before and so obviously we might not fall into that idea of glorifying glorifying sin but we also don't want to overshare in our sin and so it's yeah. it's okay to yeah. talk in broad general strokes about the struggles that we may have had but when we get to the specifics um what we're doing is we're we're you know we could even like it would allow them to see you in a different light and we, that's not the goal the goal isn't for them to to reframe you as this this <laughs> this person that has struggled greatly, but as a as a general um, uh, sinner, you know, with the Lord, and so yeah, for sure. When speaking about your pre conversion, when speaking about the struggles and the sufferings, uh, make sure that you're gauging your audience and making sure that when you're sharing your testimony, that you're being vulnerable. But vulnerability has nothing to do with just revealing everything. It's it's understanding how much to say, how much to share, and if you do have a questions, you know, come talk to myself, Paige, or Adam, and we can help you know with that because there yeah. is a there's a degree of that vulnerability and oversharing or glorifying yeah. in that sin. Yeah, and it comes down to think like I'm thinking of your core members. You know, for if if you are an edge or an anchor core member, chances are if you're going to share your own personal testimony or personal witness with your small group, it's going to probably look a little different than if you were to do it with Life Teen or, or in true. a household. Like yeah. knowing who we're speaking to is huge. And um, you know, Mark Mark mentioned you did net, and this is part of that training for you. I uh, still continue to work for Franciscan University and their 
Conference Outreach Office. And so uh, for those who are familiar with Steubenville conferences, before the weekend conference, there is a week-long leadership retreat that's called LEAD. And part of teaching these kids, and these are they apply to do it, they're kind of seen as the leaders in their parish, uh, part of that, that week is applying, or applying, goodness, is um, training them to be better leaders, evangelists, and disciples. And, and we teach them how to, and we have them practice and write a three-minute witness. And uh, one of the things we talk about is is it's okay to speak in generalities. Yep. And like we said, they're teenagers, and they don't do it just to like get laughs. But when they get in front of a group and they're nervous and they don't know what to do, it's really easy to try to play it off as like I was really cool because I was part you know drinking and I you know was having sex with my girlfriend or my boyfriend. And they, they kind of they do that overshare. Um, and so even just to put it in concrete terms for our core members, it's okay to have general things, right? Um, maybe you struggled and maybe you had a conversion as a teenager and it's okay to say things like I was caught up in the party scene, right? That's really vague, but we all know what you're talking about. Exactly. Um, I was, I was at a, I was at my lowest. I was, I was, uh, um, I was in a, in a, in a great state of sin, you know, like yeah. saying these kind of ideas could, you know, get the point across very, very clearly and very easily. Now, again, as we're, you know, talking, you know, it's important that you cover it. You, you talk about, you know, the suffering, the sin that you were in, and then you, the transition very cleanly to the second step, which is yeah. your conversion. Uh, the second part is there, there should be a moment or a, um, an awakening of some degree, and and this is normally, uh, you know, um, done in a in a short you know time frame. But obviously, every person is different. It could it could have taken you you know months or years. Um, but but normally it, that looks like you know a moment of rev- revelation, a moment of clarity that helps to you know. Uh, there's a turning point in your life, uh, yeah. whether or not you still had struggles or still. Um, you know, dealt with sin. That's, 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 that's okay. That's part of being, you know, a human, but at the same time, like there was a moment of turn that, mo- that moment of conversion that you want to address and you want to really focus on because it helps them to kind of understand what they might be looking for if they're looking for that moment of conversion. Because yeah. a lot of our teens that go through their moment of conversion oftentimes happens at retreats and conferences yeah. and camps, um, occasionally at a youth night or, a, or, or, or just a small Bible study. But, um, for, for for you, it might be at, you know, your own personal prayer or just a revelation that you had, you know, within uh, a conversation, you know, and so just frame that for them, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What we tell our, our kids on lead is, especially in this kind of second part, uh, is make sure that that God is the main player. Yeah. He, he is the star of this whole story, not just this, you know, minute or this part, but really um, we're sharing our witness, but our witness is completely and entirely dependent upon the fact that the Lord loves us and the Lord desires to move in our lives to transform us and to draw us back to him. And that, you know, no no testimony will ever happen apart from the Lord, or if it does, it's in vain. But as we're building this, um, it's important to recognize that as we're describing the encounter or, yeah, that moment of conversion or that series of moments, whatever it is, as we put words to it, which can be really difficult, by the way. And what we're going to talk at, at the end of today about some little tips on how to begin to get some language and to begin thinking through this. But it can be difficult to talk about that moment. And so we end up 
kind of not making it about ourselves, but describing a lot of me, 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 me. Oh, but God was there. And, and the whole point is make God the main player. And so talk about what he had done or how he's moved or what he um, had been working throughout time that he finally revealed or brought to fruition. Really, it's, it's about glorifying God as much as we can. And what I found, especially with teenagers, is this is the hardest minute for them to fill. Really, the first minute is super easy, right? We, oh, we can talk about our lives and where we've been. The third minute tends to be like the middle, you know, in terms of difficulty, because sometimes it's hard to talk about how our life has been following an encounter with the Lord, because we haven't always been great at continuing. But this is the hardest, you know, minute, quote unquote, to fill um, when we're trying to do a three minute witness, because, you know, I was at a conference and it was adoration and you know, they were processing around with like that gold thing, right? We want to be clear on terms, so make sure you know what you're talking about. Um, it's called a monstrance. But as as they try to describe this moment, you know, it's like, I, I just kind of felt something weird and people were crying around me and I, you know, like I, and I don't, you know, and then they're kind of done. They lose a little yeah. bit of steam and it's, and it's not easy to put human words around divine intervention and divine love, but we want to practice the more that we try to give this witness and the more that we try to share it and practice it, the better we're actually going to get at describing things and the better we're going to get at sharing the story. But in this minute, really, it is about uh, making God the main player and describing that event with as much detail and clarity as we can. Because when we make the Lord the, the primary you know, driving force in our conversion, we're, we're placing the, the truth back on him, you know, um, because... Uh, if you're sharing your testimony and you're saying like, I did this, I did this, I did this, that doesn't really help the person that's listening. But if you're sharing that the Lord moved in your life and helped you in the, in the ways that he did, it helps, uh, those that might be hearing that to have hope that that might happen in their life as well. Another common um, fault to avoid is talking about other people more mm-hmm. than you're talking about God, because our conversions can often come from the community yeah. that we are surrounded by. And again, that minute can fly by if you're really focusing on like, oh, I had this best friend and he was so great to me and he was so you know comforting and loving. Mm-hmm. And then he invited me to youth group and, and, and started. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I have another minute, you know, and like, and you're, you, you can get lost in that. And so, like when we're when we are discussing that conversion point really giving credit and glory to God and like Adam says it can be incredibly difficult to vocalize the way that the Lord moves in our lives because a lot of what conversion is can make us feel vulnerable especially if we are questioning it months and months after it happens because those emotions those feelings have left because the emotions and feelings can be temporary but the conversion hopefully is a permanent state and so when those emotions those feelings leave we sometimes question whether or not that was a real event that happened for us and so when sharing in that it's important that we trust in that conversion we trust in the opportunity and the and the glory and grace that god has given us whether it was in prayer at a conference in a conversation, however the grace was given to us, we should share and be confident in that. Yeah, absolutely. So once we have our, the first part of our lives or, or before the conversion moment, before the encounter, and then we talk about the encounter itself, now comes the the post. Uh, and and it, just as you would assume, this is a chance for us to talk about how our life has changed after that result. Um, you know, we talk about our faith and we desire for it to be exciting for our teens and we desire for them to be excited about it. 
But part of being excited about what the Lord has done in our lives is actually living as a disciple, right? If, if the Lord moves in a powerful way and we're kind of excited for a moment and then we stop and our life doesn't actually change, then we're not actually experiencing conversion. Like Mark's been saying, we're not actually living this out. Uh, and so that's not to say that it has to be easy or that, you know, don't ever share that it's a struggle to live things out. In fact, we encourage our teens and would encourage you, make sure that in this third minute after you talk about how the Lord has moved, that you don't make it sound like you have it all together. Mm-hmm. You have all the answers. You're perfect now. Everything's good. No, because again, it is the continual process and it is a continual striving um, that you know really defines holiness. And we want to make sure that we put some words around that, but talk about things that have changed, right? Maybe, you know, the, the encounter that you had uh, was this deep and beautiful encounter, and maybe you were struggling, you know, uh, with an addiction beforehand. And so the third minute could really be talking about how the Lord, and by the grace of God, you decided to move beyond that, or you decided you decided to, to reconcile with that person, or you decided to finally forgive, you know, who you thought you could never forgive— and that again, this is not the easiest minute to talk about because sometimes the conversion is has happened really recently. Sometimes it was a long time ago, and we don't really know how to talk about it. But to put some words um, around what the Lord has been doing since then, and really what you have been doing to try to work and journey with the Lord. Um, one of the other fun things and and kind of tips that we would have for this one is if we want to make this a cohesive story that makes sense, it typically makes sense for your first and third parts to connect. Yeah. Right. So to a, if, certain, to a certain degree, you want that first and third, you want to, you want a resolution from that first right. part of the story. Yeah. And, and you, maybe you build the tension of, yeah, I was really struggling with, you know, this particular relationship or friendship and I felt like I couldn't forgive them and they hurt me so badly. But then I encountered the Lord in the sacrament of reconciliation and, and the priest, you know, encouraged me to try to sit and pray and just repeat over and over again, like, Lord, help me forgive them or, you know, whatever. And then that third minute, it would be really weird if you were like, and as soon as I got out of reconciliation, I went and I joined the Axe Retreat team. And now, you know, like it, that would be awesome. Because those are, those, teams. those are steps that we've taken after our conversion. And those might seem like cohesive steps in your story. But as far as they know, the story that you, you've set out uh, needs a, a resolution to some degree. Right. Even if you think that there was something greater that came from that after that conversion, we we want to make sure that we are we are wrapping everything up. Yeah, you know? exactly. So and even if you join the Axe team, which is awesome, it'd still be great to then talk about, oh, and then I finally called this person and forgave yeah. them. You know, like that that would be a great I, way to do it. I um I, I, I used to get teased because um that the three minute testimony while I was serving on net, um you you say the same things time and time again, and there are certain catchphrases that every person on my team would have. And my catchphrase for the third part specifically was that our faith is an uphill battle, keyword uphill. And for whatever reason, every time I would I would say that part of the testimony, I would just really hit that keyword uphill. You know, because I when I when I came up with that when I was 19, I thought it was very, very profound. And I remember seeing, you know, the eyes of my teammates, because by the time you get done throughout the year, you've told 
your testimony to a select group of people probably 50 or 60 times and they are just like they could tell my testimony if they yeah. if they wanted to and but i i still believe that you know to this day that our faith is this uphill battle that we are that we are facing um and the you know the key word is uphill that we are walking towards him and so it is important that we recognize that, that there are struggles from our conversion onward but at the same time that we are continually walking towards him that we are walking towards the grace and and mercy of god and if yeah. you feel like your testimony or your story doesn't com- you know doesn't uh, summarize where you are right now. If you begin your story and you feel like, ah, that doesn't really work out, don't be afraid to kind of restart again and find, you know, where that conversion point for you was. Because, mm-hmm. you know, um, we're not looking for a specific type of testimony. You know, like I know that sometimes we ask our teens, like, you know, oh, could you give a testimony about adoration? But some people don't have experiences of adoration, yeah, you know? exactly. It, your experience is going to be your experience. I know that some people have big experiences of adoration or intercessory prayer or praise and worship or the rosary, but everyone's coming to Christ moment is going to be significantly different. One of my favorite things um, about a retreat that I did in high school, and I'll, I'll, I'll be vague about that, is that every single teen that went on this retreat would give a testimony um, and it was really powerful to see 30 or 40 teenagers give very, very short testimonies, but it was the, the subject matter that they would cover would be so broad that every person, every retreatant that was there would hear a testimony that would apply to them at least. I mean, hopefully. Um, and it was, it was just powerful to see these, these, these teens being vulnerable and speaking about their conversion and their, and their continual, you know, promise to the Lord. And so, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that we're balancing those three steps, that pre-conversion conversion, and then, you know, uh, that post-conversion moment, you know, in that three minutes, uh, is important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't say it better than that. Uh, I know we're, we're running kind of late here. So yeah. there's, we could talk about this forever and, there, and I know there are tons of little tips and little tricks and, and little things that we could say about, building a witness. And it's something that we're going to continue to move through and continue to work through even as part of the podcast. But uh, for now, I want to just kind of intro and and start talking a little bit about what we can do, practically speaking, to begin building a witness and and to begin this whole process beyond just here are three steps. And so the first thing, I know we've we've mentioned it before and we're finally talking about it, but for those of you um, who got the Christmas gift, hopefully by this point, it's everybody but we had these awesome journals if with you, our logo. If you haven't gotten it, don't worry. We still have tons of extras. Yes, so. we do. I, I may have taken a second one. I have like three at my house. Yeah. They're really um, great. They're they really are. great journals. They're these awesome journals, and, and we wanted to have something that we could use even as we move into this second season of the Corecast. So the whole point of the journal is to, to use alongside what we're kind of talking about right now and to really make it what we would call like an evangelization journal. And uh, what that means, practically speaking, is we want to begin encouraging you or giving you the tools or the opportunity to start to track some of this process of diving into the work of evangelization. Now, if you've already used your journal, it's okay. You can always use a different journal or just start it later. It doesn't have to be brand spanking new or like never touched. Like, Don't worry about that. But the first thing that we would encourage you to do following this, before you even really start diving into building your witness would be to be able to sit down and on the top of, you know, the first page or second, whatever page you have to just write my life before Christ and begin the process of kind of writing what we would call a spiritual autobiography. 
Now, we're not saying you have to have three pages and one for each part. We're not even going to get to that quite yet. But the very first thing is just to start talking about your life even before you met Christ, but just talking about how the Lord has moved or has revealed himself over time to you. It could be big moments. It could be a bunch of small moments. You might feel like there may be no moments, but just start writing. Maybe it's whether it's bullet points or paragraphs or if it feels like you're journaling or if it just feels like you're trying to to come up with something that's okay. Invite the Spirit, begin in prayer, ask the Lord to reveal things to you, and just begin to write kind of in your spiritual life, whether that means the lowest of the low or the depths of sin or, you know, everything's been great and God has been awesome to me. Just begin to write kind of chronologically the story of your life through that spiritual lens and begin to take note of where the Lord has moved. Uh, and, and I guarantee you, no matter what, like like I said, Mark's been doing or thinking about witnesses for a while, and I'm sure he would echo this. But for myself, every year I have to, to sit down and kind of think about what's happened in this year of my life and, and prepare a new witness. And every year I'm kind of blown away by the fact that the Lord is continually doing things. Absolutely. And so even if you feel like you don't have one, I guarantee you, you do have a moment or an encounter or, or you know, conversion that you can speak to. So just begin to kind of coax it out by making that list. Because we're not looking for, I mean, some of us have come from uh, big swings. Some of us are St. Augustine's, you know, some of us have lived lives of, of incredible sinful behavior and have had amazing conversions and have accepted the Lord into our hearts. And some of us have lived incredibly uh, saintly lives. You know, I, I know that we have mm-hmm. core members across the board and we're not assuming that everyone's conversion point is going to be like, I was in the dredges of sin and I was covered in, in black, you know, and I was just terrible <laughs> person, you know, like, yeah, that's some of us, you know, but that is not what we're expecting or looking for. Some of our conversions are going to be moments during our great sorrow or suffering because that is where the Lord is with us. And maybe those moments of, of understanding and grace can be moments that help us to recognize that he is with us and that he is taking care of us. Yeah, absolutely. I had a professor in college who used to talk about like his witness because he would hear other people talk and he was like, man, you know, people would be like, yeah, I killed a guy, but then I found God. And he's like, gosh, that I wish I had killed somebody before I met Jesus. It sounds so interesting. Um, so yeah, it doesn't have to be this huge, big, crazy thing. It could be something very small or very simple, but um, we can glorify God in the big and the small things. And this is, this is what we're trying to do, to give you the tools and the encouragement to sit down and to begin the process of putting it together. If, if you make it through the spiritual autobiography really easily, uh, the next thing I would recommend, just as, I guess, a teaser for some of the stuff we're going to talk about in the future, really when you come to building a three-part witness, the first thing is is to think about that encounter. Uh, take that encounter and then build backwards and forwards from kind of that second part, and it tends to be um, the easiest way to do it. But we just we want to encourage you to keep thinking about this, to always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope and, and having something quick, whether it's three minutes or five minutes, having or, or 30 minutes, whatever, having this in your, in your evangelization tool belt is absolutely indispensable. Um, absolutely. and it's, it's invaluable because being able to just give kind of the, the, the elevator pitch or just to be able to share with people why you are walking with the Lord is, uh, is going to be an amazing, amazing tool, um, in the context of that relationship to help draw them 
into um, a place of curiosity or a place of a desire for more. And that ultimately is, is what we're trying to do in sharing the gospel and in being evangelists. And you might not know now how you're going to be able to utilize this testimony, but I, I trust that God will place a situation in your ministry as a core member that it will be useful and powerful. And so that's that's our hope and our prayer for yeah. you guys. Amen. All right. Well, we uh, started out by talking about banter lovers and banter haters, and I think we've bantered for a good amount of time. This has been a bit of a long one. We're at like 35 minutes, but um, thank you for listening if you made it all the way through, and uh, we'll try to be a little more brief. Maybe the banter haters are going to win out. It's I, hard It's hard I feel for like, me. I feel like we should encourage them right at the beginning like to... 1.5 speed this one you know oh maybe yeah i can just record a thing at the end no um it'll be okay we'll make it but uh anyway that kind of wraps us up for this week so crack open those journals start working on that spiritual autobiography begin thinking about that three-part testimony and uh the more that that you can just invite the lord in in a prayerful exercise of putting all this together the better but we uh we love you guys we're excited for what this can do for you not just for our ministry but in general but uh yeah we'll, we'll see you guys thank you for being core members yes thank <laughs> you thank you but uh we will see you guys next week and until then stay classy All right, you ready to do this? <laughs>